G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, a focus today on how business entrepreneurs and Christian leaders and church planters work together in the Great Commission. Sometimes it's easy to forget that when you're in business as a follower of Christ that you're just as much in a Christian ministry role as perhaps the pastor in your local church. So when business and Christian leaders work hand in hand, amazing things can happen. Of course, there'll be many striking examples of what happens when the two do work together. We'll touch on some of those elements today as we welcome a very special guest, Jossie Chaco, the visionary who has planted more than 20,000 churches throughout South Asia. He's the founder of Empart, and a special welcome back to 2020 to you today, Jossie Chaco. Hi, Neil. Lovely to be with you again. Jossie, your visionary ideals and the expectations that you have when you're on your knees before God, uh, really, uh, they uh, they blow our minds in that sense because you still have that huge goal ahead of you, don't you, of something in the vicinity of a 100,000 churches that you want to see planted? Yes, um, that is definitely our heart and desire uh, because... That is the only thing that God is building on this earth, that is His church. And I believe that is the best way to bring holistic transformation into our uh, communities, uh, especially um, that never had had the gospel before. You've been working very hard in South Asia and planting many, many, many churches, more than 20,000 of them. Take us back to your early days because there's some inspiration to be gained from your own story as to how you got so motivated to say, I'm going to go and plant all of these churches. Well, um, I, I came to Australia with a big you know, business vision and dream and idea. I've never, ever had a, a mission vision. Uh, for one thing, being born an Indian, I was so grateful that I didn't have to worry about missions because I thought that was for the white people, you know. For some reason, God punished them with that job. So um, it just wasn't in my radar in my space at all. Um, but then um, God had other plans, so I was chasing the material Western success, climbing the corporate ladder and making money. And my dream actually was to make enough money to go and buy a farm in Tasmania and uh, retire. And people ask why Tasmania and say because there's not many people and uh, and, and I, I like to get away from people. Um, but God had different ways. So uh, my uh, wife had this crazy idea of this honeymoon in um, across um, South Asia, and uh, that's what happened. And along the way, we basically end up spending uh, three weeks of our honeymoon with a kid from the slums. Um, if, if your listeners have um, uh, watched The Slumdog Millionaire, um, I can tell you that is exactly, uh, or more than that, was this kid's um, life experience. 
and he began to open up the world of you know body part businesses and sexual abuse and bigger mafia and all kinds of things um, that really started to confront and challenge me about my own reason for existence. So then in getting a vision to plant so many churches and then to actively start work on that, and I imagine that there was a lot of partnerships that needed to be formed in those early days, and you would have been thinking about, who do I talk to? Who can help me in this endeavour? And clearly you must have made some good contacts in those early days. Um, it wasn't the case, actually. I, you know, I was certainly searching and looking for them, but um, they weren't forthcoming. Uh, in fact, I applied to seven different organizations. I'm a reject of seven uh, ministry organizations. Um, and uh, we did not know anybody in in, in that part of the world. And uh, But the, the amazing thing is, you know, when we just decided to step forward and keep walking into the ways that God was calling us, as we did, things begin to open up and emerge. And this is a, a, a key lesson for people who are kind of waiting. Most of us are waiting for God to open all the doors and do all the miracles. Then we will do the things that we believe God wants us to do. But the other way around, God is waiting for us to step out in faith. And then he will make provisions. Um, it's like Abraham, you know, offering his son, son Isaac. Uh, he had to take his son, and then the provision was there. And so the early days was pretty tough, um, but God started to miraculously bring provisions. But as we went along, of course, God began to bring amazing people along and um, great partnership and relationships. And one of those partnerships uh, clearly is with John Sycamore, who's the founder of Halftime Australia. You've known John for a long time. Yes, absolutely. I met John on an aeroplane to out of all the places uh, to Hawaii. And, um, you know, John being a, a, a great entrepreneur and successful businessman um, captured the, the big vision and the goal that we had. And, um, and it's now a long time that we have been partnering and working together. Absolutely. It's been a brilliant relationship and that I'm very thankful to God for. And it's one of those things that we want to focus in on in our conversation today is this necessity for business leaders and entrepreneurs to engage with God's mission because sometimes there seems to be something of a disconnect between business and mission, but that ought not to be the case, Josie. Absolutely not. I think, you know, I mean, here, here's the thing, Neil. After 2,000 years of Jesus giving us a mission, to take this gospel to all the world, we are still waiting, um, you know, and we still know that there is about 1.8 billion people in the world is still waiting for the gospel to come to them. And, you know, the, the thing that really strikes me is two American companies, Coca-Cola and McDonald's, have done a better job of, on their mission than the church. And they have done it in less than 100 years, what we have failed in 2,000 years. Why is it? I think it's because we've, we've outsourced mission to a group, group of people called missionaries. And anybody who doesn't feel called to be a missionary feels exempted from it, as I did. Uh, you know, I was a good Christian going to church, but never ever felt I was a missionary or I had that call. And, and because 
what you know we've kind of given the mission of Jesus to an elite group of people. The rest of us think our job is to go to church on Sunday, and 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 that is not the truth. I mean, if that is the case, then why has God you know uh, left the rest of us here? And um, so, until and unless we all capture, and I believe with all my heart, with great passion, that the only reason for any Christian to exist in this world is to fulfill the Great Commission. And until and unless we all connect together, and especially entrepreneurs, business leaders who are, you know, they're they're pioneers, they, they have big ideas, they have big vision, they have to engage with the Great Commission at a global scale. Otherwise, we could be waiting around for another 2,000 years. It's not going to happen if it is just left in the hands of missionaries. So we have to change our thinking here. And there's some other changes of thinking that seem to be required too, because oftentimes when we think about mission, we're thinking geographically. And we might be thinking, here we are in Australia. Uh, There is a mission field in South Asia. But thinking geographically is not the whole game. I know you like to talk about changing your thinking and upgrading your thinking in some ways to think about domains like education or entertainment, uh, the sports world, and you're including in that the business world. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think for too long we've been reading the Great Commission in Matthew 28 going to all the world, as in the geographical worlds, and we have not captured the vision for, you know, the business world, the sports world, the political world, the music world, the arts world, the education world, or the med- you know, medical world. These are all worlds that exist. And, and for far too long, we've kind of remained within the religious world and not gone into these other domains of the society which is so much you know so influential i mean the whole media world you know and and then now many of us are grieving feeling frustrated and we're not happy with the world and it's because we have not gone into those worlds intentionally to bring god's light and salt and transformation into those places so I think, you know, if, 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 so if we can capture, if Christians, believers can capture that, so it's not just about, well, going to all the world means I need to go into Africa, China, wherever, India, wherever. No, it is really is, um, where is the space that I'm planted? Where has God given me favor? And then seeing the purpose very differently. It is not that I just go into business to make some money and then I get out. No, I'm in the business to bring light and and salt and truth in that space. So it's redefining and reimagining your purpose in that space and seeing yourself as a missionary uh, in, in that space. Well, we're talking about why it's necessary for business leaders and entrepreneurs to engage with God's mission. In other words, church leaders working along with business leaders. And let me point people to a webinar that is coming up on the 13th of this month, the 13th of November, 
It'll be 12 noon Eastern Daylight Time with MPART founder Jossie Chaco, our guest on this conversation, and also John Sycamore, entrepreneur and chairman of Halftime Australia. Well, during the webinar, you'll hear the story of how these two businessmen were the catalysts of a pioneering movement in South Asia that has seen 26,000 communities transformed with over 900,000 people released by the word. Now, visit Halftime's website to register to be a part of that. Remember, it's on the 13th of November at noon, Daylight Saving Time, and halftime.org.au. Jossie Chaco is our guest. We're back to talk some more in just a few moments. A wonderful opportunity to catch up with Jossie Chaco, the visionary who's planted more than 20,000 churches in South Asia. He's the founder of MPART, and we're talking specifically today about how business people and entrepreneurs can be a part of the mission of God, the mission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jossie, how is MPART these days working with entrepreneurs and business leaders from all sorts of different places. Yeah, we you know we love to be working with people in their in their gifts and in their call, and um, certainly uh, we love to use their you know not only just their money. I think for too long everybody just sees them for their money, but they have incredible ideas, innovation. Um, skills, professional expertise. So um, on the ground, we, we use them uh, for starting up social um, entrepreneurial businesses that are providing skill development, income generational employment, um, also uh, bringing their professional expertise into the organizational framework, um, whether, you know, technology um, and, and running the organization at a professional level. Um, but also in, in, in Australia, we've, we're working with a number of business leaders. Um, you know, one, one great person other than John Sycamore, there's, uh, uh, John De Bruin, who is in Tasmania, um, in a, from a small town called Penguin. Uh, we started to work with him. The long story, you know, summarized is he runs a trucking business, um, and the business is now continuing to grow. Because he's got a much enlarged kingdom vision now, but he and his wife Louisa have planted a church in that town as well, and reaching the unreached um, and the unchurched people um, of Penguin, and and that is a thriving um, gospel community now, and and so it is, and and they are of course releasing resources and using their their business expertise in the organizational level, whether it's a board level, management level, expertise, skills. Um, so bringing their time, talent, treasures all and incorporating it into God's mission and purpose. That's what we are encouraging business leaders and we are encouraging church leaders to capture that as well. Um, I think, you know, rather than just seeing these people for, well, maybe they can give us a, some money or write a check. No, embrace them for all their strength and create space for them. And so we're very, very blessed with uh, these incredible leaders. Uh, So refreshing. And I know that a lot of business people will appreciate what you've just shared. The idea that 
as a missionary, you need business leaders because you need their innovation, their ideas, their creativity. You need their expertise in running a big enterprise because it's a little bit like business when you're doing church planting, those sorts of things. If you want it to get big, you have to have the right people to help make it happen. And thinking big is one of those big challenges, isn't it, for everyone who's involved in mission? Absolutely. And I think especially, you know, after a while of just, you know, hitting your head against the brick wall and lack of resources and not seeing results, um, you you can kind of uh, have a tunnel vision and then kind of almost end up with no vision. Um, But I think, again, uh, being, you know, when the two, when the business leaders and, and ministry leaders come together, uh, again, there's a tremendous synergy of thinking big and, and capturing a grander vision. Um, and they are able, the marketplace leaders are able to bring that professionalism and technology system and processes and excellence into that vision and give strategies to uh, get the vision implemented at practical levels as well. But, for, you know, one of the things that, Neil, that really frustrates me is that even business leaders and ministry leaders, I'm finding... We, we are not thinking big enough. We are we're limiting God to our circumstances. You know, I, I, I kind of feel like God believes in us more than we do in ourselves because God says to us, you can do all things through me. And, and so he believes in us and he is telling us. And then, you know, he also has a huge vision for the whole world. He says, you know, go into all the world and take this gospel and, of course, his desire is that nobody should perish. And then in Ephesians 3.20, he tells us, I'm able to do immeasurably more than all that you can ask, imagine, or think or comprehend. Um, so he says that the minute that you thought or asked something, I can do bigger than that. And then, you know, in Psalms 2.8, he tells us, you know, I dare you to ask me for nations as our inheritance and the whole earth as our possession. In other words, God is challenging us to think big and to believe for the whole nations and the whole earth as our inheritance. So that's what God is challenging us, but then we have great difficulty even envisioning and believing for a street or let alone a suburb, you know. So I I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, Lift your thinking and vision to God level and God sizes and not bring it down to your circumstances or even your means because the the, the provider for this vision is God. And and I believe today more than ever, the world needs people who can capture God-sized vision and God-sized thinking. We're talking about business leaders uh, as innovators, people who are creative, who can run a big enterprise, uh, who have dollars, but it's not the dollars only that are necessary. It's all of these other elements that you can bring to the mission cause of planting churches, of reaching out to the whole world. Let me ask you here, Jossie, because sometimes I get the impression that uh, the finger is being pointed 
at those marketplace leaders not understanding the mission of the church. But I wonder what has to happen in the hearts of the Christian leaders to better appreciate what actually switches on those buttons in the marketplace leaders that makes them become excited about mission. Is there something that has to happen on the on the church side of the equation? Yes, absolutely. I, I think, you know, sometimes we're trying to, Christian leaders are trying to make the marketplace leaders into pastors and missionaries um, rather than knowing that God's created them unique and and is given them different gifts and, and embracing them and their gifts and talents. Um, so first thing I would say is stop trying to make them like pastors and, and, and Christian leaders. Um, let them be the marketplace leaders and, and let them um, operate in that gifting. And second, I think, is we need to understand, you know, that the, they are also God's gift to the body of Christ. And I think um, too often we have limited ourselves to pastors and teachers and missionaries, and we haven't broadened our our mindset into you know gift of administration and gift of leadership and and you know gift of strategic thinking and 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 people who have the ability to generate resources and 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 you know they are all gifts that God has given uh, into the body of Christ. But because we haven't embraced them, we haven't recognized them as gifts in the body, and we haven't embraced them, so they have kind of gone into the or drifted into the marketplace and disappeared. And it's our job to identify and celebrate and encourage them and bring them in. One of the things that I, you know, love to ask uh, my my pastor friends is, you know, I mean. When was the last time you actually prayed for the business um, leaders in your church? Um, I mean, publicly. You know, we, we pray for the sick, we pray for the unemployed, and we pray when there is crisis and whatever. But why not? Uh, these people have needs, and, and why not pray for them publicly? Call them to the front and get the church to pray and, 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 and stand with them for breakthroughs in their lives. So I think we need to see, start to begin to see them um, and sometimes also Christian leaders um, see them as a threat uh, because business, business leaders or marketplace leaders, you know, they are leaders and they have their ideas and they drive hard and they ask the tough questions. We should not be intimidated or threatened by uh, other leaders. You know, I think one of the, the, the qualities of great leaders is um, the ability to surround themselves with bigger and better leaders and, and not intimidated by them. So I think Christian leaders definitely has to bring some changes um, to their thinking and uh, create an environment where these people feel welcomed and and that they can contribute as well. Jossie Chaco, you still have your goal to plant 100,000 churches in South Asia. You can't do it on your own. You need a big team of people. You need a lot of people to raise up to go and do the church planting. You also need that creativity, that innovation, that know-how that runs a big enterprise to be working alongside you. And it's those sorts of people that will help to empower uh, all sorts of mission activity 
activity in local churches and in all sorts of parachurch organizations that are doing big things. I want to invite listeners to join into a webinar that will feature the story of Jossie Chaco and John Sikama, the entrepreneur and chairman of Halftime Australia, during a webinar that's coming up on the 13th of November at 12 noon Eastern Daylight Time. You'll be able to hear the story of how these two businessmen were the catalysts of a pioneering movement in South Asia that's seen 26,000 communities transformed and over 900,000 people released least by the word of God. Now, the place to register for that webinar is at halftime.org.au. That's halftime.org.au. Jossie Chaco, the visionary and founder of Empart, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts about business and mission today on 2020. It's a pleasure being with you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.